0: Let us worship him, let us kneel and bow down before him, let us confess our sins with penitent hearts and obtain forgiveness by his infinite grace and mercy. and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. The Almighty and merciful Lord has granted us pardon and forgiveness of all of our sins, grace for true repentance and amendment of life, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise for the singing of the versicles on page 120. Amen. Please be seated for the lesson. The script reading for our meditation tonight, for the basis of our homily, is taken from the book of the prophet Habakkuk, the third chapter, verses 17 and 18, at the end of the book. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Thanks be to God. Let us unite our hearts in prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Word. We thank you for giving us insight into the things of your kingdom. We pray tonight that you would help us never to stumble in faith, but to always cling to you and your gracious promises that you have given us in Christ Jesus our Lord. We ask this all in his saving name. Amen. Your fellow redeemed who have been purchased and bought back to God by the suffering, death, and resurrection of his only Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's grace, his kindness, his compassion are yours to be found only in that Redeemer. Amen. Our lesson tonight is taken from the book of the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk, let us hear these words again from chapter 3. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, Though the labor of the olive may fail and the, free, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. There are 87 counties in the state of Minnesota. In one of those counties, Morrison County, which is kind of up in the central middle part of the state, last year, there were 951 cases of child abuse called in in that one county. That's just one of 87 counties in the state of Minnesota. Just think if we had video of all of those horrible situations and that was played on the news over and over in front of us just how hard that would be to watch people wouldn't couldn't take it sometimes there's there are levels of suffering that go on in this world whether it's inflicted by people on other people or whether it's from forces of nature like hurricanes and floods there are degrees and levels of of destruction and difficulty and suffering in this world that that if we had to sit down and watch it all back to back. We just couldn't take it. We'd turn our eyes away. It would just be too difficult. The prophet Habakkuk was living in a time when a lot of things were just not going right in his country, in his land, and for his people, especially for the people who cared about God. There were so many things that were not going right. Poverty, lack of food, lack of employment, famine, drought. And on top of all of that, there were pressures from outside countries, uh, nations that surrounded Judah at the time, where he's a prophet, that were pressuring them and uh, possibly going to take them over. There was threats of war that were coming. He lives roughly 600 or so years before the time of Christ, and a lot of evil empires at the time We're battling back and forth. Israel, what we think of as Israel today, that part of the world is often a volleyball in a lot of uh, wars through the years. And the reason is its location geographically. It's just in a perfect spot between larger nations and sometimes empires. And that was the case in Habakkuk's day. And the Jewish people uh, that he is serving are sort of caught in the middle of all this difficulty. And he cries out to God, why and how long must this go on? Why do we have to live like this? Why does all of this trouble have to befall us? The name at the beginning of the book of the prophet Habakkuk is sometimes translated as the burden. (laughs) The burden that he had to bear of looking at this and trying to address it on behalf of God's people. And it, it seemed like the people who could care the least about the things of God were the ones who were triumphing. Evil was triumphing. The king at the time had fallen into apostasy, falling away from belief in the true God. And there was rampant evil now taking place in the streets of the cities and so on. And sometimes when, when the believer looks at all of this, it's just hard to make sense of it all. Where is God in all of this? Where in the world is, is God and what, what are we supposed to make of all of this? It just, doesn't, it just doesn't compute with how we think things should go. I remember years ago when I was a pastor of a church, there was a woman who, many years before that, had lost a teenage daughter in a car accident. She had been killed. And she was so questioning of God and so angry at God for why he would let this evil thing happen to her 18-year-old daughter that she just stopped going to church. She couldn't take thinking about God allowing that. It it puzzles and challenges sometimes even the strongest Christians to have to deal with this problem of evil. And so our faith is often just just rocked when it comes to this type of stuff and the things that we observe in the world. Why is it that the things in our lives don't go the way we plan? Why didn't things turn out the way We think they should. Isn't there a God that loves us? Doesn't he promise to be with us and take care of us and he's looking over everything and in charge of everything? Well, then why am I dealing with this? Why do I have to have that problem in my life? So often the things we don't expect to happen and things that are contrary to our plans and our dreams can find their ways into our lives. And I think the older you get in life, the more you start to wrestle with this and see that. And so when we, when we try to look at all of this through the eyes of our logic and our reason and try to make sense of it all, there's this God who's supposed to love us and care about us. He's can control. All this bad stuff happens. All of this evil's in the world. How do these two fit together? When logically we try to look at it, it doesn't make sense. It seems to, to baffle us. But the prophet Habakkuk reminds us through his entire prophecy, first of all, that God truly is in control even when evil is taking place in the world there are times when god even uses evil agents to get things done when he will stir up some evil in order to accomplish something of a greater good in his spiritual kingdom so first of all god would have us cling to this central truth that he is still still above all things and in control of all things even though there are times when it looks like he's not. Okay, take the death of Christ on the cross. Okay, take Jesus' passion as an example. If you were just an observer watching that, that day, Good Friday, the whole thing play out, and all the abuses that our Lord had to go through, you would, you would reason that, that God must have forgotten about this man. He must be so far away from what's taking place. And yet we know from Scripture that God was using all of this, even the evil decisions of governors and rulers and the the mouths of the people yelling at him. All of this was being used by God to put his son in the right spot to make payment for all of our sins. God was still in control of that entire scene. So that's the first thing the prophet Habakkuk wants us to know. God is still ultimately in control, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes. But secondly, to know that there is a judgment coming on the evil of the world. It's not as though God is just going to let this all go forever. There is a time of judgment that is coming. It's as if the prophet Habakkuk is saying to his readers, I'm going to wait on God, I'm going to give it some time, and see how he works this out and if they, if it doesn't seem like he gives us an answer to it in this life one thing we know for sure we will have it in the next life there is a judgment that is coming think think of just for a moment the the story jesus tells about the rich man and lazarus okay remember that story the rich man is so full of eating such great food he's feasting at his at his big mansion And here is poor Lazarus, a believer, rich man's an unbeliever. Here's poor Lazarus with dogs licking his sores outside, begging for food. Doesn't seem like God's with him if you just looked at it from the eyes of reason. And yet, we know that the rich man who dies in his unbelief is taken to hell. Lazarus, the poor but believing man, because of his faith, is transported by the angels, we're told, to the bosom of Abraham. So Habakkuk wants us to know there is a judgment that is coming on all the types of evil that we witness in this world. Give it time. God will work it out. And finally he would have us learn that faith is supposed to look at the present situation always in the light of heaven. Always in the light of heaven. The gospel, the message of what God is going to finally do for the faithful to take them to a beautiful home where there's no evil at all, where they'll never have to experience anything and there are no tears, that beautiful gospel that we have because of the work of his son shines through into this dark world sometimes that we have to face. It's the light in the cave way at the end of the tunnel. And in Christ and holding on to what he's got prepared for you, that's where you and I will find true contentment. And that will be the the guide and the pathway through all the troubles that we have in this life so if you're gonna place your hope of contentment in the world in the things of this world they may give it to you for a while but ultimately they're gonna let you down ultimately the stuff of this world is gonna let you down with Christ it's the opposite okay with Christ it may feel at times like you have to go through difficulty sometimes even because of being a Christian and yet we know in the end ever an everlasting life There will be nothing but bliss for us. True contentment, the prophet Habakkuk is teaching us, true contentment comes from having an eternal perspective on your life and possessing the certainty that we have of heaven because of the work of Christ. And this can give people, even in the most dire circumstances, hope. Years ago, I was reading a kind of like a magazine article that had been written about a man down in Peru who was living in just abject poverty, He had a dirt floor in his house. He had to weave together reeds to make walls in his house and was just completely poor, but had now come to hear the gospel, had had his three children baptized, and in this interview, even though he himself had an illness, uh, in this interview, he was just so full of joy and happiness. And I thought, think of all the things I have in my life that are far, but that far exceed what he gets to live in right now. And yet how I can be tempted to complain. And here he has such contentment and such joy. Why? Because he knew he had a Savior. And he was so grateful that his children knew about that Savior too and would come to heaven with him someday. Martin Luther said it like this, There are many people whose heart God can fill so that they may have only a morsel of bread and yet are cheerful and more content than any prince or king. Faith is always dealing with the things that we can't see. Finally, Habakkuk gives the answer to all of the problems that we face in this world, and that is this, his most famous line that Paul quotes into the Romans, the just shall live by faith. God's people in this world who are holding on to Christ, looking forward to heaven, we just go through this world living by faith. A lot of times things that we can't see, And yet we trust that he's in control. We know that he has our best interests in mind and in heart, especially eternally, and he will finally take us to that home. And that's why despite all the things, negative things, that the prophet Habakkuk walks through at the end of his letter, he says this final sentence, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please rise for the singing of the Kyrie. Let us pray. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels and all just works proceed, give your servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended by you from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.